Welcome to another episode of the Birdsand Academy podcast. This is the show for online course creators who want to build a profitable business by sharing your skills and knowledge. This is your host, Welly Mulia. If you are not listening this on our website, go to academy.birdsand.co slash one to get your show notes. This show is sponsored by Birdsand Email Marketing Tool, the only email marketing tool specifically created for online course creators. Get your free forever account at birdsend.co. That's bird as in the flying bird, send as in sending emails, birdsend.co. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Terry Dean. Terry went from delivering pizzas for $8 an hour to creating a full-time income online in 1996. He has been called one of the grandfathers of internet marketing and was one of the first online marketers to demonstrate the power of email, generating a whopping $96,250 with just one email to his list in front of a live audience. In the past 20 years, he has personally helped thousands of clients set up profitable internet lifestyles in hundreds of different markets through both his private and group coaching programs. He helps small business entrepreneurs attract high quality clients, spot conversion cracks on their websites, and earn a big income from even small email lists. His motto is earn more, work less, and enjoy life. So without further ado, let us welcome Terry to the podcast. Terry, thank you for showing up on the podcast. It's great to have you. It's great to be here and hopefully we can share some secrets to help the listeners here earn more, work less, and enjoy life. Great. So I want to first start $96,250. Can you tell me and the listeners, what did you sell for $96,250? Well, that wasn't one sale. That was multiple people purchasing the product. Uh, what I had actually sold at the time was I put together a product and the product was basically my protege coaching course that I had done. So previously to this, I had done a group coaching class which I think originally the group coaching class itself sold for like $1,997. And then um, I basically took all those recordings from that group coaching class and I put it together in a physical product, which it was a manual and some re the recordings also back then we're talking about on CDs at the time and then sold that to my email list on that weekend. And the way that we always did the challenges was that we would on Friday, they would actually, I would send out an email and they would see the sales. We'd look in the shopping cart by lunchtime. We'd look in the shopping cart the next day and we'd look at the shopping cart on Sunday and they'd see the number of sales that came in. And for that product, we actually, I had priced it. Um, they were getting the product and they were also getting a license to that product. So they were actually licensing that product so they could sell it as well. And the price was like, um, I don't remember if it was 1995 or 1997 for the overall price mm -hmm. and I sold it and we I actually ended up with like a refund also that came back and I subtracted the refund before taking the total <laughs> that I had. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a very great story, Terry. Uh, the reason I asked this instead of the usual, uh, who are you and where you're from is mm -hmm. because I wanted to, uh, to, to let listeners know from one, just from one single email, you can generate that much. And I think this was very back many, many years ago, right, Terry? It, it was for one email. And the interesting thing was, you see, 
back then, I didn't do as many emails as I was today. So if you actually had me run the same promotion today, mm-hmm. I would send a couple of more emails. So I would send one on Friday, I'd send one on Saturday, and I'd probably send several on Sunday for that today, just because we found that, you know, that was kind of in the early on phase of learning how to use email and use it correctly. And now I know that we can actually send a lot more emails, especially when we're running a special. We run multiple emails on the last day. And I always kind of joke that with promotions that I do, whenever you have a promotion where there's a deadline for it, I always call it the heart attack curve. And that means that the first couple of days, we don't get very many sales. You end up complaining and saying, hey, this isn't working. How did I screw it up this time? And then you have this huge flood of sales that come in on the last day when it comes in later. So, you know, that's kind of what I would do today. I'd send one Friday, send one Saturday, and I'd send multiple on Sunday today. Cool. Got it. Yeah, I think that's also what I'm also experiencing that as well as other people that I talk to, like when you have a launch and you have a specific deadline, the last day will always be, always be the highest number of sales because people want to wait until the last minute. And it's not even the last day. It's like the last 12 hours. <laughs> Usually, There's a lot of times I've seen the last 12 hours produce over half the sales. Hmm. Okay, got it. Okay, Terry. So how is it's very interesting from delivering pizzas to, to now being a, becoming a coach for other people, coaching other people in their businesses in different industries. So how did you, how did you go from delivering pizzas to what you are doing now, starting your own lifestyle business and helping others do do the same thing? Well, let's talk about a couple of steps and we're going to move through this pretty quickly. But I first was, I was delivering pizzas and at that time my wife and I had a lot of debts and we even had like a little section down in our basement from failed network marketing companies that I had tried to join and sell. And all these companies told you that, hey, you don't have to sell, just tell your friends about it. And they were lying <laughs> because you do have to sell. And I was never, I was never good at that. Um, so that was part of our debts too. And at the time I heard, it was like early on the internet, I heard some people, even early reports of some people who were succeeding online. And I said to myself, you know, this isn't going to require me to actually talk to people in person. I'm not going to need to sell them. I'm going to be able to go online. I'm going to be able to write stuff. And as an introvert, I can hide in my room. Nobody has to see me and I can do this business online. So I bought my first PC, bought that on another credit card, adding to the credit card debt, went online and I put up an ugly website. It was a very ugly website, like flashing little images all over the website, like really ugly. And went over to CompuServe and started participating on some of the message boards. And this is funny because CompuServe is long gone, but you know, whatever's old is new again. And what I was doing on CompuServe is pretty much what some clients do in Facebook groups today. It was the exact Mm. same thing, going in and participating in groups. Facebook's just more effective than it was back then. But I went out there and I started having, you know, I would give away a free report to get people to subscribe to a list. And I did that because I saw people talk about that in direct mail that they would put an ad and people would send in their address and they'd get them on a list and they'd mail them stuff. So I was doing that by email back then. And the very first things I started selling were I got licenses to other people's products and sold those like self-help videos, like videos by like Mark Victor Hansen, some things like that, that I got licenses to and started selling those again, went into debt for those also. <laughs> and and it's, it's just kind of funny because I always tell people not to, you know, buy products online don't be spending a whole bunch of money and going in debt yet that's what i did so don't do what i did but that is what i had to do and i sold those products for a while 
And after selling those for a while and starting to get out of debt and making money online for my list as my list started growing, I said, okay, people, people started asking me how was I doing this? How was I selling products online? I said, well, you know, this is going to be something that people want to know. So I went and created like my first product. And one of my first products, I called it allthesecrets.com. And I don't know why I didn't keep that domain name. I let it expire at some point, but I owned allthesecrets.com, which was a cool domain name. And I created my very first product, which was like several like little digital products, like how I was using CompuServe, how I started building the email list, how I wrote copy, little things like that, all in this little package that I sold for like $49. It was like $37 or $49 in that price range. I, I tested several different price points under 50 bucks because I was thoroughly convinced nobody would ever buy anything over 50 bucks online. And I started selling that, started getting a lot of sales. That led to me creating another product on, which was a series of videos teaching you how to do it. And I, I got a little more bold and sold that for like $197. Then I went and was invited to go speak at conferences now that I'm selling my own products. And when I went to those conferences, they asked me to do those challenges where I would earn money for my email list in front of them. And I did those multiple times at the different conferences and started selling there. And I saw that people were selling higher ticket products. So it's like, well, I'm going to go forward and sell something higher ticket and started selling that. And some of them ran like coaching programs and consulting programs. So I ran a group-based program. I created one of the first membership sites. There might have been, I think Jonathan Mizell might have had one at the time, like a print newsletter, but I had one of the very first membership sites in internet marketing, which was called Net Breakthroughs that I created back then. And people joined that site because it was essentially like an ad diary. I would run ads and each week I'd report on what's working for me and what's not working for me. And people joined it for that specific purpose just because they wanted to see what was working and what wasn't working. And I ended up building a lot of members into that program who were paying me $19.95 a month at the time. So they paid you know 20 bucks a month. And um, that was a big program for me. And from there... I actually later on got a little burnt out because I wasn't using systems as well as I should in the business. And I sold off that first business to Kurt Christensen. I took some time off for the internet and then came back and came back and did some group and basically set up group coaching programs and started working with clients directly because it's kind of interesting that there's not a lot of people in the internet marketing space who work directly with clients. They do their own business. They create their information products, and that's good, and I do that as well. But I like working with the individuals in all these different markets because I get to have the fun of putting my hands in all these different marketplaces. Like I have a client who sells tennis courses. I have another client that teaches people Spanish. I have another client that teaches continuing education in different markets. So I get to be in all these different markets helping clients directly, which also means that training that I do – gets to be more of a broad mentality. It's not just something that works in the internet marketing space. It's something that's consistently worked in all these other marketplaces and whatever niche someone's in, I know what will or will not work for them just based off of pretty, at this point in time, thousands of tests that I've seen in different clients' markets. One of the things that I see about your coaching program, because to all the listeners there, I was one of uh, Terry's students a few years ago. So one of the things that I noticed about Terry's coaching programs and why this, I decided to join back then was because Terry has students in different industries. So not only in making money online, because sometimes you see, a lot of times you see coaches out there where they only coach about uh, how to make money online in that niche, only in that niche. So 
for listeners out there, I would suggest that if you are looking for a coach, you want to see, I mean, you want to hire a coach that has done, that has been successful in many different industries. So not only as a money-making online coaching program, and then they only teach about making money online. So Terry, yeah, I, I know Terry a lot of years ago. I think it was in 2008-ish. I think you, you had a product. I, I, I got to know you from Lee McIntyre. So I was mm-hmm. in his lease and he promoted you. And I think the, the product that I bought from you, the first product was Internet Lifestyle System where you have a bunch of uh, DVDs as well where you give us and we can give those to our affiliates and our, our you know, our virtual assistants to do the work for us. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? About 2008-ish? It was, in that, it was in that time period. Yeah, I had a course like that, Internet Lifestyle Retirement System. And um, the big selling point there was the, um, the templates, the tools, and the training for your team members. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it was cool. It was one of the first products that I bought that has a system where I can give that training modules to my affiliates as well as my uh, virtual assistant. So that's very cool, Terry. Brings mm-hmm. back so many old memories. <laughs> and I want to, for everybody listening to this, I want everybody to take that as a lesson. Um, a lot of my clients, we always try to work something in the information product that's a tool, a template, a cheat sheet, a spreadsheet, something that people can actually use, they can take away and use. Like one of my courses now, Autoresponder Alchemy, actually comes like with like 80 email templates. And see, that's a big key selling point here is when you're creating information products, don't just think about the information product. Think about whether you can have a bonus that's some type of tool that makes it easier for people to get the end results. Yeah, I think that is very, very great idea. Having been in this industry for so long in the info publishing business, online course creation business, what do you think is the number one problem that online course creators or those who want to start an info publishing business face? There's quite a few problems that they run into when they're running different products. Probably the biggest mistake, probably the, the actual biggest mistake that I see them make is that they're not really going into a market that they like the customers. <laughs> Okay, let me let me describe what I mean this by this. Um, a phrase that I like to use a lot is that you should fall in love with your customers, not fall in love with your product. Okay, because if you fall in love with your product, you're going to make stupid decisions. And the stupid decisions that you're going to make is you're going to create this product, you're going to put it all together, and then you're going to try to figure out how to sell it. And I've had many customers come to me that want me to help them with the business, and it's very difficult to basically sell a product that wasn't designed with a specific customer in mind, or they'll tell me that they want to sell it to everyone. Everybody needs this product. The moment you say everyone needs your product, then we know that you haven't actually done research on the market. You don't know your audience. You don't know who you're selling to. And to add to this, a phrase that I heard from my friend Glenn Livingston, where him and I worked together to teach about conversion, is a phrase that he liked to use was, you should research your market until it changes you as a person. And what that means is that you really research your market, you get to know the customers in the market until you build empathy for the customers in the market for the desperate problems that they have in their life. And you really get to feel for them and the struggles that they've went through where you care about the customer. And see, that's why I'm coming back to you fall in love with the customer instead of fall in love with the product. Because if you do that till you get to know the customer, that means that you've looked and you see what they want. 
you've looked and you've spoken to them at some point in time and you really have a heart for what they want and you know what what it is that motivates them uh, like i'll give you a, a sample share i have a friend who's a copywriter and he's paid by some of the big companies the big direct response companies that pay you know 10 20 30,000 for the copywriters and he does some natural health promotions for them something that he said he's like to do is he likes to sit in front of the walmart pharmacy just on the little bench they sometimes have in the Walmart pharmacy and just mm -hmm. chit chat with some of the people who are waiting to pick up their drugs because he really wants to know about the pain points they have. He wants to know how they think about the different drugs, how they think about the different pain points. And he really wants basically to be able to touch them and know them personally so that when he writes for them, he can write something that communicates directly to them. So I'm going to go back and say that's the biggest problem people have is they fall in love with their product. They don't fall in love with the customer. They don't know the customer well enough, and they can't write to that customer and communicate with them. Yeah, I think it's, it's a very good idea because you are directly connecting with the target audience that you are trying to write for. So that is a very smart idea. And see, online, you know, you don't necessarily have to go out in public to do this because I know a lot of people like to do things at home for the audience. <laughs> you can go, you can again go into the Facebook groups that I mentioned earlier and go and see what kinds of questions people are asking on Facebook groups, get involved in some of the discussion, ask people there. Once you start building a list, which I'm sure your listeners understand the importance of having an email list if they're on, with it, if you're in your market. So with that, you could email out a simple survey. Just asking people, and I like to keep the surveys real simple sometimes, such as what is the biggest challenging you're facing with X, and X is whatever the subject is that you can help them with. And you just ask people what the big challenge is. Matter of fact, uh, I like to put an email early on in my sequence and my customer sequence real early. It's just like a real short email. We put in the first week of emails, and you just ask them, it just says the subject line, I need your help. And it asks the question, what is the biggest challenge you're facing with X? And all you have to do is just hit reply. I, I, I read all of the emails that I get. It may take me you know, a few days to get back to because I receive a high volume of emails. So that's my simple email that I send out. And I love that email because some people are going to answer it. You know, it's not going to be a big portion, but some people are going to answer it and they're going to give you good feedback. And a lot of times, Clients turn those specific people who reply into customers because they'll reply back. They'll start a dialogue because email doesn't just have to be a monologue of you talking and speaking, but they'll start a dialogue and they'll make a sale to that customer because they'll speak directly to the problem they just told them about. And then whatever problem they told them about, they use their language and what they sent them to talk about to them in their emails and in their website copy as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do online, not just in-person contact. Yep. Love it. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. So for for our first email, for people signing up for our lead magnet or getting into our email list, we also did the same thing. So right on the first email, at the, at the, at the very bottom, we have a, like a PS where we ask them, what is your number one problem with X? So yeah, not a lot of people reply, but when they do, uh, it becomes valuable feedback. I know we touched upon this a little bit just now. So but what have been some of your best-selling courses over the past two decades? And why do you think they, they, they sold so well? Uh, see, I think this is a good question because it gets to talk about what really works. Okay, what has really worked, not just what we're thinking theoretically. Okay, so some of my best-performing courses were, I've already mentioned a couple, but I want to mention why they worked so well. That membership site that I created, my very first one, was the Net Breakthroughs membership where people paid $19.95 a month. And 
that sold really well because it was that little ad diary that I was just giving some somebody something really simple in the membership site that they could come to. There were other little content pieces I had it that membership included that ad diary, which was pretty short. It was probably about the length of a normal blog post, like 500 words, maybe a thousand words at most. And I did that once a week and it was just sharing something I was specifically doing. I gave like a little bit longer content pieces a couple times a month. And then we had a discussion board where people ask questions. And so that's what people were paying for in the membership. And it sold really well because people wanted to see what was really working. And the lesson from that is that no matter what market you're in, people want to see that what's working right now. They want to know, you know, not what was working a year ago, two years ago. They want to know what's working now. And you can use that principle, whatever you're selling, is what's working for you right now. What case studies and things are you using? And some of the best ways to sell anything, in addition, are case studies and actually talking about what's working. And I could even mention that back from that membership site. I made a lot of sales on the back end of the membership site. Because as I would be talking about something like talking about if I were talking about this specific type of ad was working or here's what we're doing in our search engine optimization, here's how it's working, here's the exact stats, I'm giving them a case study. And then it was very easy to also sell them another course on that topic. Uh, And here's how you go into even more detail. They would buy additional things. And you don't have to be real selling in a membership site, but you can make a lot of extra money just by putting links over to your other products inside the membership site. Um, something I always like to say is that if somebody has a membership site, you should be earning about the same amount that you're earning as a membership site. So if the membership site's earning you $10,000 a month, you should be getting another 10000 or so a month in back-end sales from it. Okay, that's just something to keep in mind. Might be higher, might be lower, but that's just a rule of thumb to look for. So that sold because people wanted to see what's working right now, and I was reporting on exactly what was working right now. Another top course was like the Protégé program, which I mentioned earlier, and that was a group program. At that time, I did it as a teleseminar. Today, if I reran the exact same program, I would do it as a webinar series. And all it simply was, was a series of webinars. And I have had a lot of clients use that model as well, where you do like a series of four to eight webinars over four to eight weeks. And you basically teach a subject and have some type of actual support and help for the members there so they can ask questions. Let me give that model real easy for people to copy. That is, you each week, you have like a video training that's oh, about an hour in that range. You also do a Q&A, which might be like 45 minutes in an hour each week. And then some type of assignment that you give people to do that they turn into you that you can then cover during the Q&A periods. That's how you run these classes. And these types of classes, you can sell from, depending on your market, you might sell anywhere from like 300 in a consumer market like weight loss up into a price point of like five to 10,000 in a tight business-to-business market like chiropractic or something like that. So that's what that product was. Uh, A top seller now has been my monthly mentor club print newsletter that I sell. And what people really join that because they want specific detailed systems that they can follow. Again, what's working right now. You can actually say I'm kind of copying what I did back with Net Breakthroughs, although I write more content for this. Matter of fact, I would actually say that site, which is successful right now, I actually made a mistake in this site where the content's a little bit to the point of being overwhelming. You With membership sites, it's not about delivering a huge amount of content because that can be overwhelming and it can actually be a negative. You actually want to think about what you can deliver that people specifically want that's easy to deliver. And I went a little bit too far in delivering the content that site. So I actually tell clients not to copy me. Mm-hmm. Don't do exactly what I do. You want to deliver 
a little less content, again, very specific. It's not about the volume of content you give. It's, again, about being something specific, what's working right now, keeping it short and simple, and something that people can follow, not having a bunch of different pieces to it. Like in that membership, I have the print newsletter. I also have a webinar a month. I have the discussion board. So there's a lot of pieces there. And I could easily have only did the print newsletter or just like do a little more frequent webinars instead. So you, you don't need to do a ton of content for a membership site. Think about what people specifically want. A final product to mention is like the autoresponder alchemy that I mentioned earlier. That's a top selling product right now because people specifically want those 80 email templates. And here's what makes that product strong and why people like it. And that is there's a lot of courses out there teaching you how to do email marketing. There's no question about that. There's a lot of good courses out there on teaching email marketing. What I did in that course was I took a bunch of my emails. I actually went through them and reverse engineered all of my own emails. So you have my email and then I give you an actual template from my email, how you can copy it and model it and create yours in a similar style while including your personality. So I actually gave, again, something that people could model and use as a tool and while there's training in that product, which is really good training, people end up buying it and the same. They, they really love the training, but they buy it because they wanted the templates. Okay, they wanted that tool to make it easier. And that's a big lesson for whatever you create is, you know, you don't need, a lot of times in the internet marketing space, people will tell you to include all these bonuses. And you'll see a product that has like these 25 bonuses. Don't do that. Okay, that, that's not what works. What works is to have a couple of really good bonuses and somebody will buy it because they want this bonus cheat sheet, they want these bonus templates, they want this bonus tool. That's why they buy the product and then they get everything else. But it's not a bunch of bonuses, it's really good ones that you can almost say they're in one way or another, they're a done for you bonus that makes something much easier to accomplish because of the tool that you gave them. Take a look at the uh, internet marketing space where people are launching uh, internet products like how to make money online every single day you will see all this uh, all of them having all the bonus stack up on top of each other and it's just get ridiculous um, <laughs> when you go to the sales page and see the product and they they include like uh, 15 20 different bonuses and uh, people get overwhelmed I mean it, it's yeah. a lot of times these bonuses don't even relate to to the main product that is being sold so uh, I, I really like what you said about, it's not about the volume, but about the, the how specific, how relevant it, it is to the product that you're selling and how it's going to help your audience. Because mm -hmm. if you just include a bunch of bonuses for the sake of uh, stacking up the value and making it look uh, enticing for the people to buy and not thinking in terms of the interest of the prospective buyers, buyers then I think it's just... Um, people get overwhelmed when they buy all this stuff and then you get a lot of refunds and the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, the sales page not doing what it is saying. Well, just, just think about what you, what do you honestly think when you landed a page that has 25 bonuses, all these bonuses mentioned, the first thought that comes to my mind is, I'm not going through all of that. Most likely you're not even going to download all of it. Okay. You're, if you do, it goes off to a folder that you never see again that you never open up that folder again because you download all these extra bonuses because all those are are distractions because somebody buys your info product because there's a specific end result that they want and that you know you have the course to help them and then any bonuses the best bonuses are some type of tool or something very specific that's going to help them get whatever those end results are don't do weird bonus stacks 
and this is part of my experience of being outside the internet marketing field too. Internet marketing field is weird, okay, <laughs> compared to a lot of other markets in that they uh, things are like super hypey. In the internet marketing field, you'll see people make headlines that no one actually believes when they hit the headline. They don't actually believe this is true. And in other markets, we don't do that, okay? So you get to see the space that, you know, the very first thing, one of the things I tell my clients when I actually review their pages, one of the very first things I'll mention is, you know what? I don't believe you. <laughs> and if, if, if my first response when I hit their page is, I don't believe you, we're going to change something. If, if we keep the actual text they had, then we're going to add more proof up top that proves what they're saying is true. Or sometimes we'll tone it back. This is kind of weird. You probably won't hear this from most internet marketers. There are times that I will take someone's sales page and they might say that you will do such and such. I'm going to try to keep and hide the market here and I'll just pretend it was internet marketing, mm -hmm. that you will earn a six-figure income. Okay, I will take that headline. The very first thing I want to do to it is I say, you may earn a six-figure income or even better, I'll say, Joe earned a six-figure income, somebody that's a case study that we can prove here. The reason being is toning it back slightly from you will to you may, first, it's much more likely to be legal, okay, <laughs> because you're not making a promise that's definitely true. Second of all, it adds that little subtle, um, gentle fact that you're now tell you are telling the truth because you can't promise that they will earn any specific thing or they will do any you know thing specific. What you can say very honestly is that they might do this or that somebody else did this specific thing because that would be a mm. fact that somebody else did it. That you, that you know that's a case study. And it's also, if I say so-and-so did it, I can back it up and prove that. I can't really prove that you can do it you know, directly off. So that's something to always think about. Is I always think about something I like to say is we want to have a unique promise. I want to have the biggest unique promise that you can prove. Okay, That's mm -hmm. something, that's a line I want people to take from this interview. What's the biggest unique promise that I can prove? I don't want to have a big unique promise you can't prove because that hurts your credibility. Got it. Yeah, I think it's also beneficial to say, since you're mentioning about using someone else as a case study or, or changing the word from you will to you may, this also applies to if you are advertising on networks like Facebook ads or Google or YouTube. I mean, they are getting tighter and tighter every day. So I think having headlines like you will, will probably get into trouble. They will. They, they, um, that's actually for Facebook is where I first got the idea to start talking more about this person over here than what you can accomplish. Because both Google and Facebook, they're very wary of you making big promises. Because let's, let's be honest, a lot of people like to talk bad about Google and Facebook. But I think about it from this standard in the U.S. And that is they don't want to be liable for what you said. Okay? You might pay. Let's, let's say that you're a big advertiser and you spend $100,000 on advertising to Facebook. All right. Well, if Facebook gets sued before what you said and they lose $10 million, you are not worth it. Okay. In any standard mentality, I mean, that's easy for us to understand that if Facebook gets, and why would Facebook get sued instead of you? Because Facebook has more money than you. They're a bigger target for a lawyer than you are. So they're afraid of being liable for what you say. And so even when you look at your pages for these type of networks, you're going to say, are, are they going to be scared of being liable for what I'm saying? That I just made a promise that someone will do this. Now, will they be scared if I say that Joe over here did it and then I back it up with proof? Well, then I'm not making an in promise to anybody at that point in time. They're much happier with it. But I did it for that purpose in the beginning 
But then I saw that it didn't hurt our conversion. In some cases, that actually improved our conversion when we started when we started doing that kind of thing. And it really surprised me how well it improved the conversion also, which I love the fact that we can tone back the copy. We can tone back what you would see in the internet marketing space and get more sales. So you can be more ethical. You can be fully 100% honest with your audience and make more sales. Yep, that's a very good one, Terry. So earlier you mentioned about inside your membership, you have all these customers inside your membership and then you are giving them uh, trainings and webinars and so on. And you are also cross-selling them or upselling them to your other products. So for example, if, you want, if they want to learn more about SEO or maybe something else like social media, then you will have another training upon, on that. How, mm -hmm. how, are, how do you make the transition? I mean, how, are you, how do you tell them that, okay, this is another training that might be helpful for you, but you have to pay for it? How do you make sure that they don't get upset? Because um, a lot of times people, they buy the products, they thought, hey, isn't this included as part of the program? Why, I, why do I have to pay more money to get this training? How do you? The, the, the first comes back to setting the right expectations inside the business. And it also comes back to what we just discussed. So you asked this question in a very good order. And that is, we just discussed being very ethical in what we say on our sales page and being very specific. Again, it comes from people being in the internet marketing space and see people promising the world. You know, you'll see in the internet marketing space, someone's going to promise that they're going to make you a millionaire doing this, or they're going to give you the easy button. Um, and I'm going to, I kind of got a joke. I'm writing for my next month's newsletter. You know, here's the easy button for making money online. The easy button for making money online is to build a hungry audience. Because once you have the hungry audience, that is an easy button that you can send out. You can hit your submit button for your emails whenever you want. Once you have that, you know, but that's not what they're talking about when they say having an easy button. They're just like hit this money button and money comes out. If that's the kind of promises you're making on the front end, I don't know how you can upsell anything else because you just already promised the whole world. What you need to do is think about specifically what am I promising here, become more specific, more direct of exactly what you're promising someone. So again, if we were to take the internet marketing space, well, let's get out of the internet marketing <laughs> space because I don't necessarily like it. Let's go over and I got to think of a market that I don't have a, well, we'll take weight loss because I got clients in weight loss, but there's, there's multiple different markets, multiple ways to do it. So let's say that we're in weight loss. We're going to tell people that we're going to help them. We're, we'll sell a product that is a 90-day challenge. And in the 90-day challenge, we're going to show you how to lose weight. You're going to have a community of people on Facebook to help you lose weight. We're going to give you the workout routines to follow the exact 12-week system. I guess that kind of works out to 90 days. So here's the 12-week system that you're going to follow. Here's all the workouts that you're going to follow. There's videos that you can watch inside the group. And see, at this point in time, I'm now promising you this is what you're buying. Okay, you're getting this system. Now, after you buy this system, uh, we could upsell you on something else. So I told you this is a system. The very first upsell I might offer you is customization of the system for you personally. Because in that first product, I didn't tell you that I was going to customize it personally for you. But now if you pay this extra fee, maybe the extra fee is $495. Well, either me or one of my coaches will go through the, will have you submit this questionnaire of any physical problems you might have or any things that you like to eat or don't like to eat, you'll send them this full assessment. And then based off of that, I will put together a custom routine and a custom diet specifically for you for $495, okay? That makes perfect sense 
that now that's an upsell and tell something totally different. Or let's take another example I could do inside that weight loss site. Well, I just told you that I had a 90-day challenge to help you lose weight. I could now have inside, I could have a muscle building routine that I'm selling as an upsell because I didn't promise that I was going to teach you how to build your muscles on the inside of here. Mm. Or, you know, or another example, this actually comes from a client that I do have. They actually have a, um, they're teaching you a fitness routine. That's what they're selling on the front end is the fitness routine that you're going to use to help you lose weight. We actually run it right after somebody purchases as the first upsell. We sell them a complete nutrition guide to follow because we didn't promise the nutrition guide on the front end. We, we did that separate. We tell you this is the exact fitness routine that she runs, that she trains. And she gives a little bit of advice on the product. And we talk about that a little bit about, but then there's the whole complete diet system that's a separate product here. So it comes back to setting the right expectations of exactly what you're selling on the front end. And then you have the other pieces that you can sell on the back end. Or if we went back to, like I said, the membership I had where I did the ad diary and I was talking about things like that, I mm -hmm. taught the systems. I, you know, I showed the case studies of here's exactly what's working. Here's why it's working. Here's how you could follow along and doing the exact same thing I did. But I never promised in that site that I was going to give them huge, you know, detailed 10-hour trainings on how to do a whole topic or subject or things of that nature. Um, so there's the different pieces. Or even here's a real easy one that you can use, okay? This is a one that just about anybody can use for any membership site. I mentioned earlier uh, how you can do like a group program for like four to eight weeks. Well, doing a group-based program works really well in a membership. So let's say that you have a membership on golf, okay? And in this golf membership program, Okay, golf's not going to work as well. Let's run Spanish, okay? So Spanish, so you have this membership program that you're teaching people Spanish, and they get to go in, and they get to learn all the different Spanish techniques. Well, here's two, two obvious upsells we could have inside your membership site. The first one is a four- to eight-week, we'll call it immersion program, where you teach them how to get ready for Spanish really quickly for a, a vacation they have coming up. And not only do they get to come on, but they get to practice Spanish with the other members, on the calls, they get to practice Spanish with you personally on the calls, and that's the first product that we sell. Maybe we also sell, this won't be something you constantly sell, but it's something you could offer at times in the membership. Hey, you're gonna have immersion. Not only is it immersion, but you get to come meet me in Costa Rica. We're gonna be at this hotel. We're gonna do some classroom, and we're gonna go out in, you know, to the marketplaces, and we're going to practice all your Spanish right here with me, and we're going to have a fun vacation in Spanish, and we're going to sell this for several thousand dollars here as a fun event. So you see how that can fit in also. And you'll notice here that I'm talking about the membership site, and then how can we do something higher ticket that's also higher touch on the next level. So think about it that way. The membership's one level. The next level is can we do something that's higher ticket and higher touch for it? Got it, Terry. What, what is your formula for quickly boosting the conversion of a website visitor to a customer? Um, my formula, we don't have time to go into all of it, but I, I, I call it the golden glove. And I'll give the five fingers of the golden glove really quickly. And I, I call it the golden glove because I want you to think of your hand, the five fingers in your hand, so that you don't forget them. Okay, so you can just mark these off. Just hold up your hand as I say these. Okay, touch your thumb. This is the desperate problem, okay? Then your first finger, this is the unique promise. Then we have overwhelming proof, an irresistible offer, and a reason to act now. 
And these are the five pieces I look for on anybody's website to help them improve the conversion. And you can pretty much spot if something's missing. I can spot if something's missing on a website in, in a few minutes. I always tell people that you can spot what's missing in your site in 15 minutes, but once you get used to it, you start seeing things real quick. And let's mention them real quick so you can understand them, just the quick, quick version. That is, desperate problem means are you calling out to a specific audience and do you talk about the problem, the desperate problem that they have? So that's the two pieces to it. Are you calling out to a specific audience? Do I know this page is forming when I land there? And are you calling out the problem that I have? And this is usually going to be somewhere above the fold, when I first hit the page, I'm gonna see you talking about me or my problem right there. The page is about me. It's not about you, it's about me, my problem, okay? That's the first piece. Second piece is unique promise. And I'm gonna talk about unique promise and overwhelming proof together, because I told you, you wanna have the strongest unique promise you can make that you can back up with proof. Unique promise means somebody hits your page and they say, I have not heard that before. That's what I want them to say. What I don't want them to say is I've heard that before. Again, I'm, I'm mocking a little bit of the internet marketing space, but you can visit a lot of internet marketing pages, and the very first thing that comes out of your mouth when you see their headline is, I heard that yesterday. Mm -hmm. I heard that before. We want a unique promise that somehow stands out, and sometimes it's simply by being very specific of what was happened or how it worked or how it's working, but we have a unique promise that stands out that's what you can do for the customer to help them solve that problem. The three Ps work together, problem, promise, proof. See, the proof is the next piece. How can I prove the big promise that I just made? And these three I really like to have above the fold on the website in one way or another that I'm going to have some form of proof. And I've had a lot of clients test this where we used to put proof later on on our pages and we move them earlier and earlier, even into videos, we move the proof earlier and earlier. There's a lot of clients now we're in their sales videos. I don't know if many other people are doing this, but in their sales videos, we'll come on, we'll talk about the problem. We might start a story and we leave an open loop in the story, which means we start our story, but we don't end it. We leave you with curiosity. And then we move over to testimonials right at that. And we'll have some video testimonials right there before we come back and complete our story with you. So we moved testimonials like two at the very first, like maybe two minutes into the video. We start having testimonials and proof that early on, even in a video, same thing on a website. There's times where I'll have a headline and put a testimonial immediately after the headline on the website. There's times where I want the headline to be a testimonial or a piece of a testimonial. So problem, promise, proof, we're looking for that early on the website. Then we have an irresistible offer and a reason to act now, and those usually aren't above the fold on the website. They come later. The irresistible offer means are you making an extremely good offer to people that's pretty much downright irresistible. And some ways to think about that, as I'll just give you a really easy irresistible offer, a lot of times we will take an offer and we'll tell people that they can try it out for seven days, like if it's a digital product, hey, try my product out for seven days for $1. Pay the other $36 seven days from now. Matter of fact, one client was testing this in this market. We told people, hey, okay, the product is, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a try. I think his product, we said, the product is, you can try it out for $1 in 30, it's 21 days in his case, in 21 days we'll bill you for $23 and then 30 more days it'll be another $23. So the product's only priced at $47, mm -hmm. but it's one day, it's $1 trial, $23, $23, and that worked well. And people would do the $1 trial. And here's what's really funny, is immediately after taking the trial in our very first upsell, mm -hmm. we told them they could save $10 right now if they paid it in full. So they could pay $37 instead of $47 they paid it right now. And like 70% of people took that. 
So even though we did the dollar trial to get them in, we got back most of the money immediately for this so that that helped pay for the advertising and everything else like that. But we got them in because of that irresistible offer. So is the offer the absolute most irresistible thing we can do? And when you test a website, I will test often the headlines and the offers. Those are some of the strongest things to test. And then a reason to act now, why should someone act now? And just like we mentioned, we mentioned it early on in this interview that the best selling period is like the last 12 hours when you're doing an email, when it's just about ready to go over, that's when most people buy. And so is there any way we can have a deadline in your offer? There's a limited amount of this. There's a limited amount of that. If we can't do that, the secondary best thing that you can do is that you can mention what will they lose out on if they don't order now. So they'll, in fitness, you know, how long will they continue to suffer with whatever problem they've gone, they've gone through. You know, when will they finally make the decision to do this? So it's basically, it's a takeaway sell if you can't do a very good deadline, but deadlines are better when you can do them. So those are the five fingers of the golden glove that you can use, desperate problem, unique promise, overwhelming proof, an irresistible offer, and a reason to act now. So what if someone is new and he's just starting out, he doesn't have any testimonials, what do you recommend putting on the sales page or maybe on the website about the, the part about the proof because someone is new, they don't have any case studies or testimonials. What do you suggest? Okay. First of all, if you're, if you don't have as much proof, a way around not having as much proof is to come up with a better irresistible offer. Okay. Offer and proof go together. Uh, and a good way to illustrate that is if I sell you a product for a thousand dollars, I'm going to have to have a lot of proof first. Correct. Mm. Yes. If I, if I sell you a product for a dollar, I might not need much proof. I mean, about the only proof I need is that you're not going to steal my credit card at that point in time <laughs> because it's only a dollar. Okay, you don't even need to promise to refund my dollar because it's not worth contacting you for my dollar at that point in time. Okay, so you can make a better offer as the first way to get around this, a better offer, a lower cost offer, something that's you know a drop-dead simple offer. You don't need a whole lot of proof if you told me very something very specific and you're selling the product for 10 bucks. Okay, that, yeah, this is something I really want and you can really bill it. So proof really comes back to the offers while they go together. So that's the first thing you can do. The second thing you can do is you can really think about your own story. I really try to push customers to only sell something, you know, clients to sell something that they've experienced themselves or they have, you know, they're working as a partner and the partner actually did it. So in other words, I, this should almost be obvious, but I tell people to only sell something that you've accomplished. So again, I'll make fun of the internet marketers. There's internet marketers who sell how to make a million dollars online products and they've never made a million dollars online. Okay, they might not have made $10 online, yet they're selling how to make a million. Don't do that, don't sell that. Look back in your history, get out of the internet marketing space. What have you accomplished? You, maybe you play club level tennis and you improved your serve. Maybe your serve sucked and you improved it. Well, that's an idea for an offer. Okay, how to improve this because it's something you did. And guess what you get to do now? You get to tell me your story. And your story, by nature, includes the problem because that's the before. It includes the promise. That's the after. And it includes proof because that's the story. This is how it worked for you. And you can put little specifics in your story about how it worked. And that's the best thing you can do when you don't have any other proof, any other forms, is you work with your own story and you tell what you accomplished, or again, if you were working with a partner, what your partner accomplished. And I mean, there's times where the majority of the copy rewrite for a website is the story. 
you know, it's a, it's a before and after story. It's that rags to riches story, but whatever the topic is, you were bad at this and now you're not. Okay, you had this problem, now you don't. You know, you you were diabetes type two, and now you don't. You're not. Okay, that type of thing is that's the story that you talk about, and that is a very good form of proof. Yeah, thank you again for 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 coming on the show. Before we wrap up, I have one final question for you. So okay. if if you can only give one advice to people who want to build a successful online course business, what would that be? If if I could give it advice, it would be just one, just one piece. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, we we have all this overwhelming information overload. So I would really uh, recommend you to give just one. If they can only do one thing, what would it be? The one thing that I want you to do is I want you to choose a market where you you can empathize, so you can really love the customers and that you know that people are buying in the market. So choose the right niche market for you personally, not the niche market for anybody else, but the right niche market for you personally, which means you love these customers, you have a story to tell, and you can see proof that other people are selling in the market, such as you can look at ClickBank, you can see that people are running ads on PayPal, you can see they're running on Amazon. That's my best thing to tell you, is to choose the right market for you. Don't do it just because anyone else, don't do it to copy someone else's market. Great advice. All right, Terry, we have covered quite a few. So I, I hope that for listeners out there, this is helpful for you, especially when you are trying to build your online course business or info publishing business. Because as I told you just now, Terry has been in this business for a very, very long time, and he has tons of experience with regards to this area. He also has, not only is he successful with his own business, he's also successful with helping other clients in different industries with their business. So uh, please do your due diligence and I hope this interview is useful for you. So Terry, yeah. yeah. So how could our listeners get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you and uh, what you do? And they can go over to mymarketingcoach.com and it's, it's spelled just like it sounds, mymarketingcoach.com. There's no dashes or anything like that. And there I have a free report for you called Seven Unique Ways to Create Profitable Emails, Even If You're Not a Writer. You'll get a copy of that I Need Your Help email as an example there. You'll get 64 story shortcuts. I talked a lot about storytelling here. I gave you 64 story shortcuts to, help, to ask you questions to help you write emails based on stories that a lot of times you wouldn't even have thought of yourself. And you can pick that up for free and you'll get a lot of other advice on my site and other tools to help you. But again, that's mymarketingcoach.com where you can pick up that free report, seven unique ways to create profitable emails, even if you're not a writer. All right, Terry, thank you again for being on the show and giving us your experience and advice and sharing your skills. We appreciate it. Thank you. If you are not listening this on our website, go to academy.birdsend.co slash one to get your show notes. This show is sponsored by Birdsend Email Marketing Tool, the only email marketing tool specifically created for online course creators. Get your free forever account at birdsend.co. That's bird as in the flying bird, send as in sending emails, birdsend.co.